G'day folks, it's the coach and I have the dad bods ready to go. Get get out your knoblars, um, get out your men traps. We are talking ogre more tribes and I've actually this time actually put the right header on the show. Um, I ha- am joined by Chris aka Bamdad who recently took out Old Town Throwdown and I've been really curious about this army because we are in this monster meta. We are playing in a game that currently is rewarding you from having monsters. And one of the most scariest monsters in the game is Stonehorns running at your face. And I'm curious to learn from Chris, is it just about the Stonehorns? Is there some love for the, you know, for the, the, the little dad bods out there? Is it the time for the Noblar? Is there a, a time for the scrap launcher or what on earth is going on in the more pot? But Chris, welcome. Hello. Uh, good Hello. to have you on the channel. Hi, everybody. Yeah, when you were talking about the dad bots there for a second, I thought you were taking a crack at me. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, yeah. Ogres are great. I've been having a lot of fun with oh. them lately. Ogres are great. Like there was a time where ogres were really bad. And I actually, I, I remember being playing ogres right at the start when, you know, skeletal skin or that stone skin that you, you all had was a complete uh, yeah. nightmare. It was a complete nightmare. It, it was uh, absolutely made me cry. My little free guild, you know, trying to chip away with some swords and, you know, that skeletal skin. Um, and you had this time where you're a bit trash. You kind of came back up in the meta. You got this yeah. combo book. And is it the time of ogres? Is it uh, the time think, that we're going to fill the more pot? I, I think it is. I mean, ogres are very strong in the current meta. And you may not see that from some of the stats you see out there. Um but you know, I think that's because everyone's playing Boulderhead. You gotta, you gotta mix it up a little bit. You know, there's a, uh, there's a lot of good builds in there. Um, obviously, Stonehorns are super strong, and you know, you always want to have a Frost Lord in your list these days, because that uh, that attack profile, the impact hits, the the uh, yeah, just the five up feel no pain with a three up save is super strong. I mean, on any monster, but. Uh, when you're coupling that with his damage output, you know, you really want to have that in your list. And yeah, I, uh, I've been playing with them only for a little bit. So only since, uh, since Feast of Bones dropped and I, uh, I picked up a couple boxes of that and we're, was messing around with it. Uh, mostly just casual games, you know, running some, uh, some gut busters and, and, uh, you know, messing around with, uh, with Warcry boar bands and they were pretty strong in Warcry, uh, a lot of salt in those games, so I had to shelve them for, with that for a little bit. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I I've I've been enjoying the army a lot. It's been it's been kind of a slow build for me since then. Uh, but then you know, with COVID and kind of taking on a new army project, uh, I really dug deep into ogres and uh, actually got a buddy of mine gifted me uh, gifted me a bunch of ogres um, as he was kind of like clearing out some of his backlog. And he said, Hey man, here, take this to add to your collection, put it to use. And so that's what I've been trying to do. Uh, been playing with them pretty much primarily uh, as my main army since about the beginning of the year. Um, I ran in, ran it in the, uh, the butcher's tribe. That's one of Pass's events. So that was like yeah, the first butcher's, like, the butcher's buffet. Yeah, it was a uh, well butcher's buffet was the, I think his first event. That was the that was the singles. The butcher's tribe was the team one. So it was me and a couple other buddies. 
And so I was running destruction and then I had, you know, another buddy running Seraphon for that filth and another friend doing OBR. And we ended up taking the event out. We won the whole thing. Um, which was surprising, you know, because there's some heavy hitters in there. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's a, hum, a humble brag there. Um, so Chris, yeah. you know, definitely Chris has the skills, and I'm really keen to uh, to learn from you. And before I do that, MS Paul's asking, have we made jokes about the layers yet? The ogres having layers. <laughs> yes, like an onion. <laughs> like an onion, but m- most importantly, they are they deadly do. as ever. They're deadly as ever. Yeah, well, they do have layers, right? You know, you've got uh, you've got the stone horn, you know, outer crust, and then you kind of get lower into that, and when you get to the juicy bit in the center, it's the knoblars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think going to say that it's the beast riders and, and yeah. maybe a thunder tusk, thunder tusk <laughs> yeah. in the middle. But, no, but like, you know, and and, and uh, you know, like if you if you play them enough, play them long enough, you realize that if you're leaning heavily into BCR that you need screens because those big bodies, you know, they're, they're very vulnerable to getting an alpha strike or, uh, or yeah, you know, just, just getting tabled by some of the scarier stuff out there. You know, you've got uh, vampire Lord of on zombie dragons coming at you hard and, and they can take a stone horn off the table in one round of combat. So you've got to have some bodies up front. On the flip um, side though, you've also got the tools to handle those. I know, when I was playing Sons, I was I always hated playing against um, a Beast Claw Raiders build, especially in the Ogre Moor tribes. I hated it because you had the speed, you could disarm so many of my abilities, and it's just tough. It was a tough. Yeah. It was a tough matchup. Yeah, yeah. It's they definitely have the tools. It's just about getting the charge off first and not getting charged. You know, keeping your options open. So yeah, there's there's definitely some strong punch there, but you want to be the one to throw the first one. If I if I learned anything from Heywo Twitch um, when we did the last show in second edition, he said ABCs. It's always be charging. You exactly. got to remember, you're always be charging. And you, you talked a little bit about the the Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon. Let, let's go back to like third edition. How have you found second the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm talking like like let's go back to third edition. Let's just talk a bit oh, okay, about yeah. like the high level stuff of third. How oh, have yeah. you found the Ogre Moor tribes have? have taken on third edition, whether it's the board size, the currency, the battle tactics, the grand strategies, the more customization, the more command abilities. What's your take so far and, and, and what they've gained, I guess, in the new world? Well, it definitely, I mean, Beast Claw Raiders were already strong. So, you know, having the big beast on the table was already a thing that you were doing if you were playing competitively. Um, and so obviously that just took it up a notch, you know, being able to do a heroic recovery, you added some more healing to the, uh, to the big boys, uh, being able to find us hours, amazing, uh, adding some dispels, you know, all of these things are good. Uh, the smaller board size too. I mean, you know, standard boards, we were 24 inches apart, maybe 18. If you were lucky on the battle plan, now it's like 22 inches. So when you're, uh, when your stone horns or, or thunder tusks need to get in range, it's very easy to cross that board. Um, and there's ways ways to buff that movement too. You know, get a little uh, Keenan Gale on your thunder tusk, and, and you've got that shot at a four up plus three to move. Put it near a mystical, becomes a three up. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're getting <laughs> some love there. Yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he's one of my favorite tos here at SoCal. Uh, he's he's the guy who tos the uh, the old town throwdown. So. Um, yeah, 
Thanks. And then, by the by, by the by the way, shout out to um, Old Town Throwdown. Um, when that event was happening, I saw so many pictures and people just telling me how much of a, a great time they were having at that event. So um, I wasn't familiar with it before, and um, now I'll, it's one of those ones I'll be definitely keeping on the radar because it looked like it was just a, an absolute fun experience from the start and all the activity that happened afterwards. So um, oh, yeah, really great. Great crew of guys. I mean, it's the first uh, first couple of events they put on, and already the second event's become the biggest in SoCal that we've had. Um, with you know what I think it was like fifty six players in in the end of this last one. So yeah, super stoked that they're uh, that they're putting it on and, and putting in the work and and helping to build the community down here. It was really yeah, no, fun. it was I had a blast. That look look like an absolute ball, and I think um, the Ogre Moor tribes uh, to segue back is an absolute ball because. I've always said to people that it's a great army to start with because it's a cheap army. It doesn't cost you a lot of money, especially to get some pretty high points as well, right? You know, you can get those those stone horns and thunder tusks. We can take up a lot of points. They're quite forgiving. Um, you've got plenty of tools for customization. And then um, there's a lot of cool options as well, you know, whether you want to go into the dad bods, whether you want to focus purely on beast claw or somewhere in the middle. Um, and I, I wouldn't mind getting your, your thoughts on I guess all of that, like how has yeah, the Beast Claw side kind of handled? How is the dad bods handled? And how is the combo soup kind of handled? Well, unfortunately for the dad bods, they're mostly uh, sitting on the shelf right now or uh, with your iron blasters and scrap launchers. They are, uh, you know, just paperweights essentially <laughs> because they're they're not really doing much for you on the tabletop. Um, Gutbusters got Why? Why? Seriously. Yeah, I mean, why? Well, I mean, so far as... Uh, as an army goes, I mean, the, our, our one weak point is that we don't really have a lot of shooting output. I mean, we've got a few little, you know, tricky things between the, uh, the thunder tusks and some blood vultures. I mean, every other one of our, our shooting attacks is hitting on fours. Um, typically fours and threes, maybe rend one D three damage or one damage in the case of the lead belchers. Um, and yeah, the iron blasters has what I think it's one shot decent range uh but you're not really relying on it for any kind of output i mean for 120 points you I mean you could you could put not much else in your list but you can you can use those in a combination with other things to get something in your in your list that's actually going to do something on the table um rather than leaving you feeling disappointed <laughs> so um and then you know i'm sure everybody who's, who's familiar with ogres knows that the uh the gut busters are our pals. The gluttons got hit pretty hard with cohesion and just, you know, you having one inch range with 40 mil bases. Um, and then being at a minimum size unit of six. Now it's it, at 260 points. It's, it's, it's a, it's in a really rough place uh, to want to put that in the list. I mean, I've, I've tried because they are a generic battle line, so you can use them and it's 24 wounds, but uh, 24 wounds on a five up save uh it's just it's a little rough for the for the amount of points they're at and you're hitting on threes wounding on threes with no rend and yeah. um I mean, you, what damage, so you can maybe sneak if it gets if, you, if you're getting in i think you know some of my experience at the moment is i'm just keep coming up against walls of like three up armor saves two up armor saves you know lots of ward saves as well so um you really need a high volume of attacks or you need some serious rend so yeah. I think you're right. Like the the coherency rules and just some of the the things that like the way you're, you're going to have to use like larger bases, anything above 25 mils, 
um, yeah. does make it a little bit hard when you go above five. But I know Age of Something is giving massive love to scrap launches, saying they are top tier. Yeah. And I can't I can't disagree. I mean, that's just um like move move along Lumineth Sentinels. It is the age of scrap launches. <laughs> I'm gonna field my three and see how we do. Let's do this. Uh, one of my one of my one of my buddies in Age of Sigma Two, uh, Doom and Darkness, uh, another YouTube creator, uh, ran a tournament, ran a ran a list at a tournament. I think he had two or three the old scrap launcher battalion. He's like, yeah, I'm going to prove everyone right, and I don't think he proved anyone right. <laughs> he tried. Hey, valiant effort. Yeah. Um, I mean, on the other things on the Gutbuster side, I mean, we've got Iron Guts and we've got Lead Belchers. I mean, Iron Guts potentially have a place in lists. I mean, I still think it's 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 still a little bit more on the friendly side than the competitive side when you're when you're doing big blocks. Uh, I think it's about 490 points for eight of them, which is kind of where you probably want to be at with Iron Guts. Mm -hmm. um, but then for 60 points less, you get a Frost Lord on Stonehorn. So just slightly more durable and and you know arguably about the same output um well you're counting towards more on the objective you're getting heroic action you're getting a monstrous rampage so yeah. you know when you start spending big i guess right now it's a bit a bit hard to justify although you could still run them like if you are a purist i think the fact that it's got a two inch range definitely is okay oh, yeah, but definitely. i think if you yeah if you got the full range no, the Iron Guts. Iron Guts, yeah. Yeah, two-inch range. I mean, yeah, yeah, two, yeah, the two-inch range. Yeah. So I thought you said three for a second. I'm like, no, oh, yeah, yeah, three yeah, attacks. No. <laughs> yeah, three attacks, run one, uh, three damage. It's, uh, it is it is not bad at all. So they can definitely get some output. And, I mean, you can couple them with a couple other things, too. You know, you put a uh, a uh, Butcher in there or a Slaughtermaster and give them Blood Feast, give them plus one attacks. You know, you get four up to four attacks for one three damage, which is not bad at all. But again, it's just, it's just it, a high point tax for a four up save on a on an infantry unit. And, and they're only about one. So if you're running Tyrants, if you're running Tyrants and you're sticking the Gut Busters, I mean, you're obviously going to have Iron Gus in your list. You have to um, because they work. And there's definitely ways you can use your your dad bods, you know, your gut busters. And, you know, in the chat, there's some really good ideas, you know, definitely things like unleash hell and having some tools to unleash hell is, is, is great. I think the challenge right now is that the beast claw Raider side in the current meta, which is the age of monsters yeah. is just probably too heavy of an incentive. If you want a top table, if you want to do well at a tournament, you definitely want to be including a lot, if not all like kind of migrating that side as opposed to maybe more the, the gut buster side yeah well you know you've got big bodies that are counting as more models on the objective they got a huge output they're doing mortal wounds on four ups for their for their charge and then they they tend to stick around a little bit longer too so there's more opportunities to heal them um and i i typically like to play blood, blood gullet so when my frost lord gets in there does damage with his frost spear he's healing d3 damage to friendly ogres wholly within 12 inches so you know what your other beast riders or huskards or whatever else you're running um gets to benefit from that and they stay on the board just that little bit longer you know keep them in the game scoring the points how have you found the sub sub allegiances uh, have you found because you mentioned blood gullet before um are you finding like bald ahead blood gullet you know I, I know, you know, from a like an ogre side, you know, Meat Fist and some of the other stuff is maybe not as as competitive at the moment. But how do you find like the sub allegiances? 
I, I had a I had a fun some fun ideas with Meat Fist, but it's mostly just to to make a Frost Lord on a uh, two up rerolling ones to save, um, because there's the artifact in Meat Fist that gives you the uh, the reroll ones to armor saves, uh, which is is pretty nasty. I mean, but all the other things don't really do much for the the builds that you would normally be going for in a competitive environment. So yeah, that that tends to get shelved. Um, Blood Gullet. It's my favorite. It's amazing. I mean, you've got uh, an extra cast for your wizards. You've got extra spell lore. You've got uh, the the healing within twelve inches, and then you've also got uh, an extra three inches on your pylons. I mean, not the not the good kind of extra three inches. You have to either have charge or be within three inches of an enemy unit to be able to do that. But it really helps you blow past the screens. I mean, when you're doing impact hits and and knocking the screens off the board, you can just get right into the juicy bits. Yeah, I, I was I was playing a game last night against um, Pask, um, one of the guys in my community, and you know, great great guy, you know, absolute lover of, of ogres and all things noblars, and he was trying to explain to me the the six inch piling because you're right, it's not it's not like the normal Sisters of Slaughter, Bloodthirster type cool i'm outside of of six inches i can now pile in it's you've got to get into combat and then it just allows me to better position when i'm already in as opposed to avoid things like fighting first to then get in later yeah, exactly exactly so i mean blood gullet's amazing i've run boulder head a few times actually uh you know, I, I, I had, I've come up with a couple lists recently that I think have some play and some some viability. Um, pretty strong alpha list. It's nice having the ability to give out the mount traits. There was that little pocket of time we had where everybody was Triple like, Metal Cruncher! Metal Cruncher's everywhere! Triple you get metal a Metal Cruncher! You get a Metal Cruncher! You get a Metal Cruncher! Yeah, it was... Uh, Wasn't there a time that people were stacking, like having two Metal Crunchers on the one yeah. stone yeah, exactly. So you would you would put uh, metal crunchers on on all the other mounts, and then you would get the the upgrade to add another metal cruncher onto this guy, right? Or, or which you can't do I, from now on. Yeah, you can't yeah, do I mean, it. You just I never built that list. I never did the whole login to you know War Scroll Builder or whatever, and 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 figure that out because I'm like, there's no way this is gonna stick around. Like this is just not this is not gonna be a thing for long. <laughs> But uh, you know, still there there are a lot of good other mount traits that are in the book. You know, you've you you've got the uh the granite tooth for plus one to charge, which is really important because you need to get your charges off. Um, you've got the like Alvager Ancient for fight last on your Thunder Tusks. Um what is it? The other one, um uh black clatter horn for plus one to hit on the uh, on the horns, which is the only thing you really need plus one to hit on on a stone horn. Um but yeah, I mean, I think that there's uh, there's some really good good builds. Yeah, like with uh, yeah, Frostlord on Thunder Tusk, Prime Frost Hiding, Happy Another Destiny. Exactly, you got the unkillable Thunder Tusk. He's minus one to hit, uh, minus one rend, and then uh, five up board save is pretty nasty. And make yeah, the amulet destiny, the amulet destiny is just absolutely causing havoc. Uh, I was saying in I was saying in a chat today. I'm like, I wish they would just put it onto models with ten wounds or less, like you know, really reduce that. Because when you start putting it onto a frost lord, when you start putting it onto a a mega gargant, you know, the value just explodes compared to you know your butcher who's got an amulet of destiny. Yeah, or or a thirty five wound or forty wound mega gargant. I mean, there's <laughs> there's always that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've I've tried that out. Um, I think I, there are some viable builds in there. Um, the was a winter bite is minus one to hit 
in sh against shooting. Um, that's not bad. Um, it can be good in some metas, but I just overall, I haven't really found it to work out that well for me. Um, I think that's also the one where you you get the uh, the bonus if you're using Yetis. Um, so they get the fight first. So if you're doing that build, I personally don't own any Yetis. I, I wish that I did, but maybe a slightly bitter sculpt. Sorry, <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna Sorry. say 3D printed ones. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wish I could find some decent 3D printed ones, but uh, so far, if anybody out there has any tips on some 3D printed Yetis, please drop it in the chat. I'd love to know. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's Winter Bite, and then I, what? What is the last one? That's Thunder, um, Thunderbellies, I believe. Oh, yeah, Thunderbellies. Yeah, Thunderbellies. Thunder and uh, honestly, I don't, I've I've never played with that many Thunder Tusks, so. I mean, I think it's the Mornfang is going to charge up the side of the board. Um, just never really got that much play play with that one at all. Um, you, you do get plus one to the charge roll. And I think I, I, I wanted to pause you on that because the I can't remember which, which was the other tribe that gave you pluses to the charge. But one of the things that you've noticed in third edition is people using redeploy to make that charge just that little bit harder, especially because yeah. you only re-roll a charge once. So um, getting that, uh, I found there's situations where that plus one or plus two has made a huge difference. So yeah. Um, yeah. don't underestimate something like that. Exactly. Yeah, the the uh, the rerolls from the Frost Lord definitely come in handy. And then if you're getting any pluses to charge, whether it's from a mount trait, like I've actually considered when there was that little you know kerfuffle with the mount traits, I was like, well, what if I just do double granite tooth or triple granite tooth to make sure that I get to charge what I need to charge? Because that's really where I want to be. I want to be getting into the places that I plan to get, even if they redeploy. Um, but unfortunately, not a whole lot of bonuses to charge these days. I think you've got you've got the uh, the, the plus one off of the off the mount trait, and then if you take the uh, if you take that other sub allegiance, uh, the Thunderbellies, um, that's about it. I mean, I used to yeah, love and, running. I used to love running Cogs in uh, in the last edition. Uh, it was running the Eurobad. I had uh, you know Frostlord on Stonehorn. You've got a, a Slaughtermaster for handing out some buffs and getting the casting on the Cogs, um, and then a four pack of Mornfang, two pack, two pack, and then a Stonehorn Beast Rider, um, and that that did some work. Yeah. Actually, at the first Old Town Throwdown, I got I came in, I got in the top table, um, ended up losing against Shootcast because it's just a hard counter with the Aether Wings, <laughs> but uh, did my best, did my best, and it was it was it's a good list. Uh, I think one thing as well, like from Ogres, that I think has re worked really well in the current meta is just the amount of mortal wounds you can do, whether it's through the Trampling Charge, the Grasp of the Everwinter, through things like Melo Cruncher, the, uh, the Blood Vulture. There's yeah. so much mortal wounds that allows you to handle the current meta where, like I was playing with my Witch Elves last night and they're just like, you know, hitting, hitting a brick wall if it wasn't Marathi. And, yeah, you know, yeah. when you start coming up against like Stormcast Annihilators, which have, you know, a crazy armor save. You've got Blood Knights. There's um, all these heroes that have like a two up or a three up with a ward save, you know. Yeah. Um, those, Gotrek, having mortal wounds up your disposal is just so important to handle the current competitive scene. Yeah. I mean, there's not really much of an answer with Ogres for Gotrek, unfortunately. We, we just don't have the uh, the amount of attacks. Even even if you're running a 12 block of lead belchers with all the D6 attacks, um, I think you do still an average of maybe four wounds to them after saves and ward saves. It's just, there's just not enough there. Um, 
you know, we, we don't have sentinels. <laughs> um, nobody, nobody should have yeah. sentinels. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, even at the charges you're charging them, you're still doing maybe one mortal wound. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so the best answer for Gotrick is just moving around the table anywhere that he is not. <laughs> and you've got the speed, you've got the speed to be able yeah. to move around and, you know, yeah. or even body blocking with noblars or a cheap unit of frost sabers, yeah. you know, just, to screen him off a little bit. I think you've got some cool tools. Yeah, that's what led me to, to put Noblars into my list more often was uh, was things like Gautrick, Um just trying to surround him. If he moves up, redeploy to kind of block him off and just keep him wherever contained in that area and let him kill the things that you, you put in front of him. So you got to feed him a little bit, but that's okay. We don't mind him. Speak speaking of Gautrick, we're in a, a a pretty heavy meta where there's like you know Archaon, Marathi, even Alariel's kind of got her her return on the table. You know she's got she heals two d six wounds a, a hero phase. How are you finding the, the the hero hammer kind of style at the moment? Um, Ogres in a good spot. Ogres are in a great spot. Um, I haven't had any problems with the big bosses you know like with the archeons and the gashes the marathis um but i typically build my list with an answer for that and and with archeon you know or or double mock crushers or whatever it is you know just just make sure that you're the one getting the charge off you know you can with with four big boys and maybe a fifth if you do a cheeky uh, metamorphosis on one of your wizards you could do i think it's on average what seven times four for 28 so 14 mortal wounds on the charge um from four monsters so that's nothing too bad and if you've got a metal cruncher in there attack a couple more on you've got some some blood vultures I and mean, you can take an archaean off the table potentially before combat even starts um maybe it'll reflect some mortal wounds back to you that you can't save anymore but it's, it's yeah price true it's the price you have to pay um yeah then and then dealing with like marathi's um that's that's typically why you'll see the list that I build have three blood vultures in it because I like to be able to see Marathi from across the table and say, plink, plink, plink. Okay, there's the three for the turn. Now let's go over to this other business. <laughs> Specifically, little Marathi. You want to go for little Marathi because yeah. she she doesn't have the ability to bounce um, mortal wounds off with fanatical faith. So uh, yeah, um, that was something I just learned recently. You know, for the longest time. I, I told Pask last night. I told Pask yeah. last night. I said, I said, the way you beat Marathi is you target little Marathi because she's not allowed a ward save just because of the language that it is between transferring wounds between the Shadow Queen. But, yeah, you're right. Like, you've got three cheeky vultures just to, to throw at her, and boom, you know, she's gone by the end of turn two. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, I, you know, there's there's times where, I, uh, you know, you get the two wounds on her accidentally, and you're like, oh, man, one more turn. <laughs> one more turn with Marathi on the table. But, uh yeah, everything else you can just bull right off. I mean, ogres are in a really good spot. The hero, the hero hammer thing. I mean, we've we've got the heroes, we've got the hammers. It's 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 okay. It's it's quite alright. Is there any units that maybe in second edition people weren't playing around with that have found value in third? That's a good question. I mean, I uh, I never played with the Thunder Tusk in, in second edition. And I only added them in third because of them becoming a priest that could do other things, you know. Um, you know, you can now dispel with a priest in your opponent's hero phase. Um, 
you know, you've got access to a couple other little things, you know, smite or uh, or adding a bless in there to, to to one of your units that maybe doesn't have a ward save. Um, so, yeah, that's something that's made it into my list more often. Um, Yetis have been appearing more often as well, it seems like. Um, especially because of the Frost Lord on Thunder Tusk now getting the, uh, the the Amulet of Destiny is a thing. They're like, okay, I have a general now who can survive on the board and I can get these Yetis to do do things, piling in and attacking before uh, before anybody else gets to move. So um, that's that's pretty much it. For the most part, I, I it seems a lot like you're all bad redone <laughs> without the mortal wounds from the hits. I know when we were talking before the show kicked off and I played a game I mentioned against Pask last night, um, one unit that really surprised me that I hadn't seen in second edition and I, I, it's now in third edition, I think it's a really good choice, is that Underworld's Warband, the one, um, what's uh, its name? You're right, Rothgorn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a, yeah, he's a good addition. Um, rather than taking the Ice Brow and the, uh, and the Frost Sabres, you can take that guy as a, as a little cheeky, uh, hey, Guess who's in your backfield now? Sworn Savage Spearhead. So yeah, uh, he's great. So it counts as two because it's two units, right? Because you've got yeah. the hero and well, then you have the unit. It's so three, it's actually three units. So because you have Hrothgorn, you have the Man Trappers, and then you've got a Frost Saber that he brings along with him. So you get one free Kitty Cat um, that just comes along with him, and then on top of that, you get a nice little trap that you can put somewhere on a uh, on a terrain feature. So it has to be outside of your opponent's territory, but it's it's pretty nice because it's just whoever moves there first on a two up, it's D six mortal wounds. Um, for 170 points, it's a really good value unit. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I was really surprised because um, what my opponent did was. Um, there was a really large piece of terrain and you know well played to pask it was it was arcane and it was on my side of the board and i wanted marathi near it to get you know mind razor off it's a it's a hard spell to cast and he put the the trap there and i'm like right do i a get a cheeky mortal wound or maybe three mortal wounds onto marathi by going within range or do i have to sacrifice some of my unit in order to take the bullet and then marathi kind of sneaks in and um, I thought it was a really it was a really cool and interesting rule that I've never seen before, and I yeah. like it a lot. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Just it, it, even the mind games behind it. I mean, just taking that little trap, and you know, if you're playing in person, putting it on on a uh, on a piece of terrain in the middle of the table. You know, saying like, okay, this is a no fly zone for you now, or are you going to risk it? What are you going to do? <laughs> you can kind of turn your opponent's attention into another, into another direction or force them around that the terrain piece if they really don't want to eat the d6 so yeah I, I like that a lot what do we feel about some of those other heroes like you had like you know obviously the butcher and yeah. the slaughter priest Lars, Lars is talking fire belly. <laughs> yeah. i was gonna say like you like like they're popular builds what about some of the other not so popular heroes you know oh, fire belly is one of them yeah yeah i mean i the, the Pask played me with a list at one point. I think it might have been Pask at one point where it was a fire belly on a Balewind Vortex casting Billowing Ash so that you had a nice big bubble of minus one to hit and you could kind of, you know, get him up the table a little bit and still have your stuff in combat while having this minus one to hit bubble around you. There might be a place for that. Um, usually I find it's hard to get the little heroes up the table for that kind of, that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, I just I find it hard to get the get the fire belly in a list. I mean, he's definitely got some solid spells. 
but he, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it is about the fire belly. I mean, it's a cool model. I, I should put him on the table more. I mean, maybe and you lost the bail wind. Yeah, and he doesn't have voracious maw, which is also a really hard sell. You know, voracious maw, like, ah, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, you can get one mortal wound or sometimes seventeen. You know. So, it was more consistent you'd take it, but you're right. Like, you just don't see that those types of models on the table very often, and yeah. it's a crying shame, and, you know, who knows, maybe there's a day where that gets kind of redone, but it's yeah. mostly things like the Slaughter Masters, like where's the our, Butcher. Yeah, where's our next book? Well, oh, well. Our next book. <laughs> it's rumored to be one of the next four. Yeah, the yeah. Rumors say. looking forward to it. I, re I really hope so. It'd be nice to see what how they change things up. Um, definitely have a wish list of items that I'd love to see happen. Bring out some of the uh, some of the stuff that I've had sitting on the shelf for a while. It feels like that. Like, you know, like when I look at the crux of uh, the Beast Claw Raiders, and I've been playing against it since first edition, it feels like it's slightly changed. And, you know, having Battleline, um, Stonehorns or Thundertusks are great. The, um, the combination, it obviously, you know, sometimes we go Stonehorns, then it kind of swings to be all about the um, the Thunder Tusks, yeah. then it kind of swings back to the Stonehorn as like this this yeah, shifting that, pendulum. Well, there, was that, there was that time when the Thunder Tusks were doing flat six mortal wounds, you know, on a two up. So th th there was definitely a Thunder Tusk meta at some at one point. In time. Oh, it was a character. It was a character killer. It was just like boom, yeah. you you you're, you're five five wound heroes dead ski. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's definitely I'm definitely glad to have seen that changed. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I think that there's there. It's a very two-sided coin with ogres. I mean, with one side being clearly the better side in BCR, um, mixing in a, maybe a little bit of gut busters. You know, maybe throwing some iron guts in your list. Maybe throwing. Uh, I mean, definitely throwing a butcher or, or a slaughter master in the list for the uh, for the buffs because you you need those. You need you need your wind up toys, wind up monster trucks. So. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, playing around with some Yetis, uh, playing around with some Noblars, uh, yeah, there's 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 some meme hammer in there too. <laughs> yeah, and you've got you know you've got the tools to score a whole bunch of extra victory points through the battle tactics, which is great. You got the even if you don't take that Underworld's Warband, you got the speed to get into your opponent's territory. You've got usually the three monsters to be able to score uh, additional victory points and you're durable enough that you don't have to give them away as quickly when your opponent kills them. So I think that's why another, it's just another incentive for the Beast Claw Raider side. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice when you can outbody a Taker Tribe Gargant with, uh, you know, three stone horns and, a, and another little guy. Um, it's pretty hard otherwise to take those objectives back. But yeah, I, uh, I obviously lean very hard in the BCR side. <laughs> No, and, and we're going to show off some of your list as well. We'll kind of get a bit of list science and um, find out a bit more about the experience that you had at, um, at uh, Old Town Throwdown. But I think overall, like coherency, again, that kind of works in the favor of the, the Beast Claw Raiders and makes things a little bit harder, especially if you don't have two-inch weapons. I think that's the killer for some of the ogre side. Um, the table side seems like it really works well in your favor for the Beast Claw Raiders and just the speed you're not stretched nearly as far as you used to. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's a lot, a lot has a lot to do too with just mortal wound output um, because you only really get the mortal wound output in the BCR side. I mean, you could get it in the glutton side, you know, in the, uh, in dad bod side, if you do, you know, eight or more dad bods in a unit, 
and you have to hope that they stay on the board long enough to be able to get the charge off for four mortal wounds. But that's about it. You're you're not really going to be getting past a lot of these hard armor saves, which is which is the name of the game right now. It's like how do I get past a three up ignore rend one or 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 worse um, two up ignore rend one. Uh, and to do that, I mean, mortal wounds is probably the quickest, easiest answer if you don't have a lot of rend. So we're yeah. doing mortal wounds in the start of the hero phase. If you're already in combat through the Everwinter's Grasp, you're doing mortal wounds in the uh, in the hero phase potentially as well through spells. You've got uh, the shooting phase with the uh, thunder tusks, the blood vultures. You've got the charge phase, and then you've got the start of combat with some metal cruncher. And uh, I don't know, maybe if you throw a curse in there too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> how, how have you found curse because i i hate it now I hate i've tried it, it. <laughs> but but you but you have a durable priest that actually is probably going to be in combat so if you went the thunder tusk route you of all people could make this work i'm struggling I, I, because i'm putting it on things like I cauldrons i appreciate your confidence and i really wish i had that same confidence but i just i don't know like i've i've, I've tried it out a, a couple times and it just it just never seems to work out i mean if my husker gets into combat he he usually is in a bad spot um i don't like to throw him into combat unless it's a last ditch effort or if i i need to score an objective um or try to tie something up that I don't think and kill him. Um, in in which case, it's not really something that I'm trying to put down anyway. So there's no point wasting a curse on it, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it, it is kind of a trap thing. You're like, okay, nine inch range. How are we going to get this going? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can get up. You can get up the board. I mean, you're always trying for a double turn, anyways, uh, right? <laughs> that 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 in itself is like where I've struggled because um, you are playing for the double turn. It feels like because you can't yeah. teleport inside of nine. So yeah. you, but but everything that I'm running isn't as durable, which is probably why I made the claim that you know you're in a better position to take on curse because yeah. I'm using things like cauldrons and and little priests on foot. Mm -hmm. You actually have a super durable high wound leader good armor saved priest there's just there's very few instances i think that you can successfully pull it off and and it probably starts at your list building i mean it, and it just doesn't really doesn't really work with the way ogres play because i mean you're you're playing a more aggressive play style if you're playing ogres so i mean you're with your with your heavy hitters they're moving 14 inches they're going in a different direction you know than than your your husker who's going to lag behind 10 inches so if you're building the list to be a beta list you're expecting to get it get alpha then you're hoping that this person is coming towards your priest coming towards your husker and then maybe you can either you know get somehow get that get them to come into where the husker is um and then striking back but then at that point you're getting your your heavy hitters and your bodies tied up that you don't want tied up yeah. to be able to get that off and you're in you and you just don't have the uh, yeah like like tom said then, yeah you don't have the I'll, you don't I'll, have the attacks to really to really put it out i mean maybe if you've got like 40 to 80 doblars yeah oh no noblar meta's coming frost golden priest priest on asgard combined that's our answer for gotrek there we go 40 40 noblars oh no yeah oh, all noblars one Husker on Thunder Tusk, you'll destroy any list that has Gotrick in it. 
Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. I hope this is not a thing, uh, Andrew. Uh, it, it could be an interesting combination. Andrew saying "Iron Guts" with "Blood Feast" and "Curse" uh, yeah. appears to be good. I think the challenge that I'm having is just being in the nine in order to activate the curse and then be good enough to actually get the curse off when I need it and not roll a one because I'm a potato. Yeah, right. <laughs> Every single time. Um, yeah, I just I've, I've left it on the sidelines. I mean, the the Lord the Lord prayers that we have in 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 BCR anyways are are good. I mean, there's no reason to not take one of those. I mean, pulverizing hailstorm. You've got the you know 18 inch range. You pick a point and then three inch bubble or basically a six inch you know plate around that point. Uh, three up is another D3 mortal wound. So I mean, it's just another mortal wound output there. Um, or Keening Gale for the plus three to move, which is, you know, more more movement is always welcome. Yeah, yeah, the game's won on movement. Keening Gale is just really good. Um, before I get into your list, I, I wanted to ask one other question. I was thinking about this just then around one of the other changes, obviously, with Monstrous Rampage is now all monsters can destroy a piece of terrain. It's not just the Gatebreaker Mega Gargan and, you know, the Foxy Fox. Mm-hmm. Now every monster can destroy a piece of terrain. And... How do you find the more pot? What are you, what are you doing around your deployment? Are you finding people are trying to destroy it? Are you finding that it requires protection? Like what have That's you been weird heard? thing? Nobody has tried to destroy the mop pot, and I think part of it is just because they either either a they they forget that they can do it, or b it's just there's other scarier stuff that they need to deal with around it. So they're either going for Titanic Duel or maybe a Stomp, or you know. Something like that. I mean, so I, I haven't, like, I, even in some of my games, like, if I'm playing against, I mean, depending on, like, it's like an, it's an alpha army, say, I'll put the mop pot on the deployment line, like, right up at the front, just as another screen. And then I'll put my little butchers behind it because then they can't fly over the top. They're kind of stuck at the front of the mop pot and have to go around it um, since it's impassable now. Um, and still, hasn't been destroyed once. But I go around just destroying terrain for the heck of it because it's just fun. Yeah, I'll make, doing it with a mega gargant is fun. I think I think what you said the the latter is what I find myself is like when I can do stomp, when I can do raw because I always want to raw. I want I, yeah. as, as much as possible. I want to raw exactly. to stop them issuing or receiving a command, especially if I do it on a hero because a hero is not going to be in Hunters of the Heartland. So if I can do it to a hero, stop the CP. Mm-hmm. Um, I always just find that destroy terrain is like a low on my priority list. There's a few armies where it's like, okay, this is a this is a thing that you should probably do. I mean, I wish I wish we could destroy KO boats, but that's not a thing. Um, so, so yeah, like the uh, if you're playing against OBR, I mean, obviously popping their terrain pieces is, is very advantageous if you can get to it um, because it's doing a lot of things against us that we don't like, like you know minus mm. one to hit, which is yeah, a big suck against ogres. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, for the most part, yeah, I'll deal with the boat. You know, that's that's fine. There's not a whole lot out there. I mean, maybe the pizza oven. Get rid of pop the fire slayers pizza oven. Yeah, yeah, this is not, not that big of a priority. That's that's where I'm finding it's just not a big a priority, and I'd rather do other things. But I guess if you're running three monsters or four monsters, then you've got the tools. But for most people, they're only running one or two, and it's just low priority. I think what what all TOs should now start doing is making garrisonable terrain on all the tables. That way, we can take advantage of this more. 
Yeah. I, I, I've actually had a few people talk about like, you know, not just putting on, because a lot of TOs now are putting down, you know, arcane, mystical, deadly, mm. pre-setting their tables. And I think one of the calls that I've seen is people should put down that not only is some of this, you know, arcane, mystical, but also some of it is garrisoning um, defensible terrain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it would it would definitely impact the game and make some things Rap more worthwhile. But yeah, it'd be interesting how rapid rapid fire questions. One, Sky Titan pistols are they are they useful or worthy in the shooting list right now? Um, if you're bringing a Titan, uh, I I think you're you're probably <laughs> you're probably going to be uh, taking like gruesome trophy racks, something like that. I mean. Uh, I guess it depends because of how weak we are on shooting. The Sky Titan pistol actually does does kind of hit a little bit, so it might be nice to take that. I'd like to play around with it a little bit and see 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 how it works. You know, just being able to shoot off a couple of threats. The range is not great. I mean, anything at twelve inch range these days is uh, is is a tough ask for being able to take out priority targets. So you've got to get up the board first to be able to shoot things that you want to shoot, and hopefully they don't shoot you first. Um, but yeah, there could be some play there for sure. I, and I, I like tyrants a lot right now. I uh, I would like to find a way to put one on my list just because because they, I mean, they're 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 a pretty awesome model. They've got uh, they've got a decent amount of attacks. They can they can do a lot on the board with the heroic recovery and then the fate seeker. You know, they're starting off on a three up save. Granted, there there are only eight wounds, but uh, yeah, they can they can do some work. Not bad little hero for 160 points. The problem I'm finding is that, that everything I want in my list I can't afford. Like yeah. I'm just finding I'm I'm blowing out my list so quickly. Um, yeah. And even like with my sons of Behemoth Army, like I'm ending at like 2,010 points, and I'm like, can I get like some coach discount? I've been running them for years. Like give me a <laughs> discount, but like I'm always yeah. just over. Um, like 5, 10, 20 points. So I'm struggling to get everything in the list. And I feel like the the Tyrant is one of those ones where it's like, I want to include you. I just, I can't. I, yeah, can't I we just bring points. all our toys to the table? Okay, we're playing Armageddon yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're back to where Warhammer Fantasy was, which was we went, yeah. went to 2,500 points and we haven't learned our lesson. Yeah. But exactly. This is an interesting Craig one. Another question Craig because, knows. yeah, be no. because last time I talked about ogres, I Craig, Craggy wasn't around. So where do we stand on Craggy in in ogres? I mean, the things that Kragnos is doing, I feel like you're doing already in ogres, but for cheaper um, and not really benefiting much from the allegiance outside of, you know, like a little cheeky extra pylon in the blood gullet, you know, Um I just I, he's he's expensive for an army that already has expensive models that you want to take. Um, so I just I I've, I haven't been able to find any way to put them in a list that that makes it competitive, um, which is which is sucky. Because <laughs> for the price of Craggy, you can get two Stonehorns or exactly. you know some some type of combination. Do you think? Do you think Craggy might fit well with the dad bod gut busters? I mean, yeah, he could definitely fill in some gaps there. That might be a that might be a solution. I mean, if you'd run a, a tyrant general and some iron guts, maybe some lead belchers, and then uh, and then throw a Craggy in there, that could be that could be a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Frostlord and Stonehorn though is still still, still and, so and good. And that's the argument is that, you yeah. know, do you take, because you could probably take two Frost Lord on Stonehorns almost 
for yeah. the same price. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the two-up save and the ignoring the spells is nice, but not having a ward save hurts. Um, and then he's not only, counting his not, not counting, counting his, his ten. Not his ten models exactly. Yeah, that also hurts. But he's you know five models. It's 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 reasonable. Um, I think he's still better placed. I mean, if we're just talking destruction armies, I mean, Gloom Spike gets. Yeah. Iron, yeah, yeah, Iron Jaws. Um, yeah, oh, I mean, I guess you could argue Gargans even, too. <laughs> even it, well, the problem with Gargans is um, is that you just run out of points because everything's almost po pointed at the five hundred point mark, and yeah. because it's like seven hundred points, it's just like, what do you do with this this these points? Yeah. Speaking yeah, I think, of I think ogres, do, I think ogres do very well with just themselves, which is probably why they don't have yeah. very many useful allies, you know, uh, Tragos, you know, not really gaining much from putting those guys in there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I, I like the model. I like the model a lot. I wish I could put Craggy in the list, but I think he's going to, his, his home is with my gloom spike gets for now. Yeah, I, I would agree, especially with the, um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, but you mentioned Megas, and we will, and after this, I swear we'll go to the list, folks. I'm sure people are wanting, like, oh, what is Chris's list? <laughs> we will go to it in a second. Um, Megas. Megas. Do you, is, it, is it the same conversation about Craggy? Like, do we bring in a mercenary Mega into a list, pros and cons, or do we just stay in-house? Uh, I still think you stay in-house. I mean... I think the, there's there could be an argument for uh, for like a gatebreaker. I mean, maybe maybe even the uh, the, the the taker guy. Um, what is it? The kraken eater. The kraken eater. Um, just for kicking the objectives down the field, so that you know you can keep them with your with your bodies. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I like I like the gatebreaker a lot because of the Ren three and the Ren three shooting attack for four damage. I mean that's that's super nice. It's scary to have on the other side of the table from you, so it'd kind of be nice to have it on our side of the table, um, and to actually have some some decent shooting, even though it's only like one shot. Uh, there's some other cheeky stuff that I like, you know, with just like stuff them in the bag, you know, breaking cohesion with that. Um, I, I I haven't done it yet for one because I don't own Omega Gargant. Mm. Um, so I, I I would be interested to play with it a little bit because I think there is there is something there you could do. Um, I think the kicking at the objective and really following up, especially if you're running the Beast Claw Raiders side, being able to kick the objective, one, in some battle plans you can change the value of the objective, but two, it means that you can keep your force moving forward as opposed to, or even kick it back while you're super durable as opposed to trying to defend and, you know, you're always wanting to be moving so it kind of, compliments that well yeah it could it could make up for some shortcomings you know where you've got uh something like the the vice for instance you know where you you want to push up the board but you know that first turn you've got to kind of leave the leave the objectives behind and uh, if you're running against any army that has teleports which you know a lot of them do these days uh you worry about who's going to pop up behind you steal an objective for an extra point and then come after you from from your rear so mm. i mean yeah it would, it would be nice to to be able to to kick that objective up the board i think there might be some play there it's just but i guess the challenge is it's 500 points so you know what are you losing and i think yeah or you just throw knobbars in the list that's the answer for everything <laughs> <sighs> let them sit yeah. on the objective <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I know some people are joining us late, but the Underworld's Warband is awesome. Definitely worth considering. Hawthorne, uh, definitely consider bringing it in. But I think the challenge, and, and Aegis something has said perfectly, is that 
mega gargants when they're mercenaries don't count as 20 so you only yeah. you'll only count as five and and you're um, losing a cp too which is you kind of need that you yeah i need that yeah so again you know you're probably better off sticking with one to two of your own natural beasts that's um we've got one of your lists this is your old, old town throwdown list yeah yeah i still love playing this list it's it's nasty uh <laughs> Kind of catches people people by surprise, it seems like, because they don't expect the to play a little bit cagey and then go for the punch. They expect you to come up the board, but yeah. Um, so Blood Gullet list, um, Beastmaster, obviously obvious pick for the uh, the grand strategy, and Blood. Why? Why? Uh, well, the, just, you, just, you, just in case yeah, it's not so obvious. Yeah, yeah, your your biggest and most durable things on the board um, are what's going to win you the game. And if you lose them all, then you probably lost already. So, you know, there's a, there's a good chance that it, you're going to have at least one of them left on the board. Um, Frostlord doesn't die easily. So um, I usually, usually manage to get, to get the Beastmaster. There's been a couple games where, where it was just the butcher left or, you know, <laughs> just one thing, but yeah, for the most part, most games, they, they stick on the board. Um. So yeah, you want to just go ahead and start kind of breaking yeah. it down here. Yeah, well, I, I might read. I might read it out just for anyone who's listening to the podcast later. But you've got yourself. Um, so you, we've gone Blood Gullet. You got Beastmaster and Bloodthirsty as your triumph. You've got yourself the Stonehorn on Thunder Task, which is the general, which has the command trait Nice Drop of the Red Stuff and Splatter Cleaver with Metal Cruncher. You also got yourself Huskard on Thunder Task with the Blood Vulture. You got yourself the Skull Shard Dragar. <laughs> yeah, everybody does that. I just say the auto unbindy thingy. Yeah, yeah cool. Just, just a, yeah, skull, skull shards of Dragar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cool. And you got the Keening Gale, um, Slaughtermaster, which has Ribcracker and the Molten Entrails. You've gone extra enhancement of a spell, right? That's where the second spells come from. No, this is actually from Blood Gullet. So you don't have to take Ooh. the extra spell enhancement. You get an extra spell cast and an extra spell from your lore through Blood Gullet. Ah, Which, cheeky! Because yeah. I was looking. I was going to ask you about that. Because I'm looking at this, going, wait a second. How's he got an extra spell when he when he hasn't got the the uh, the enhancement? Yeah, yeah, that's what does it. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, that's that's part of the reason why I put two guys in there because I want to have a lot of buffs and debuffs. Um, so yeah, the uh, blood gullet is giving you the nice things, nice drop of the red stuff. For that's the plus three uh, to to your pylon moves off the general holy within 12 inches and then the artifact splatter cleaver is the heal d3 holy within 12 inches if you do damage with one of the uh one of the melee weapons from the frost lord so i usually put it you know obviously on the frost spirits is only decent uh melee weapon and then metal cruncher for the mount trait which is the uh, the d6 mortal wounds at the start of the combat says to an enemy enemy that's within three inches and they have to have either a four up save three up save two up save or have the war machine keyword. So if you get in with a Bastillodon that isn't bracketed yet, you're not doing a metal cruncher on it, <laughs> which is, you have to kind of plink it a little bit and drop it safe down to two before you can metal crunch it. Um, but all, all those things happening within 12 inches. And then the frost Lord on top of that, having the, the uh, command trait or a command ability to allow you to reroll charges wholly within 12 inches makes for a nice combo to get up the board and start doing some damage. Is it um, failed charges or just charges? Just reroll charges. Which is great because I've seen – that's what I thought because I'm pretty sure when I've played some opponents and they've gone in at three inches, right, and they're like, right, I'll go for three-inch charge, 
and they roll a five and they'll re-roll that because they want to get the potential of more mortal wounds. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I end up using it a lot. I mean, I almost pop the CP for that almost every charge phase because even if it's only two stone horns around it or a stone horn, a husker and thunder tusk, it makes it worthwhile. I mean, for one, you could fail a charge, but then you could also roll really low. And the plan is to make a long enough charge to where you're getting into the key pieces or getting close enough to those key pieces, being able to do enough mortal wounds as well with your charge to be able to blow off whatever's in your way. Um, so yeah, sometimes you, you're like, Oh, I rolled a five. Let me reroll it. And then you roll your box cars and this all of a sudden you're, you're behind their lines and, and doing mortal wounds to their, to their general. Um, so it really helps out a lot. Uh, the thunder tusk is in there for, for buffs and also for a blood vulture. Uh, so, you know, obviously with prayers, the Keening Gale is the plus three to movement we were talking about. And then the skull shards for the auto unbind. I don't know, like thinking about it lately, I've, I've kind of been wondering whether or not the, uh, the extra enhancement, uh, is, is worth the drops. Uh, cause right now this is a four drop list because of the command entourage. So, you know, you've got the, uh, the Husker the slaughter master and the butcher and the command entourage to get the, that once per game auto unbind, which is, it can be clutch. But I'm just wondering if a two-drop list is better than than a four-drop list um, when it comes to certain scarier builds that are out there. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's so far it's worked really well though. I mean, you get that key clutch unbind uh, when when Kairos is trying to do six mortal wounds to you, or uh, you know Marathi's casting Mind Razor in your case, which you you never want that never going with. And and rarely or I rarely get off. Um, but yeah, having some extra unbinds is just helpful. Um, yeah, yeah, and really un- helpful. And unfortunately, even though you're getting the extra cast and the extra spell from Blood Gullet on the Slaughtermaster and the Butcher, they don't get an extra unbind. So there's still single unbinds on each of those. Um, so it's it's nice to have a, a, another one in your back pocket in case you need it. Uh, and I think it was Bartik, Bartik was saying as well, um, you know, when I, I was just looking at re-looking at the, the spells and you've got some really good spells. You know, I remember, you know, Blood Feast being really good, Rib Cracker's good, Molten Entrails is good. Like there's at least four really good spells and I can see why you'd want to have two options. Your Slaughtermaster isn't a double, it's not a double caster. It's just you got two options for a spell, right? No, he is a double caster and the Butcher Ooh. is a double caster. So I am Ooh. using typically all my casts, um, you know, in a, in a given turn, um, the, probably the longest ogre hero phase you ever see, um, between the, uh, between the Husker praying and then four spells. But, uh, yeah, the rib cracker is the minus one to save. Uh, so you can cast that on an enemy unit within 18 inches. Um, really great to get some through some of this high save, uh, stuff that we are running into out there. Uh, molten entrails to back that up, to give plus one damage to the mounts. So the Stonehorn beast riders of the frost Lord are Stonehorn. Now their horns become, well, their base damage three plus one off the charge, plus another one for molten entrails. So they're damage five when they get in there. Um, and then the, uh, on the butcher, well, the butcher has the natural spell, uh, on his war scroll for racious maw, does some damage, D three damage on a four up. It keeps going. So he's, he can kind of be, a little nasty or at least you know scare your opponents if they're within his range and he gets it off because yeah d3 d3 mortal wounds on a four up it just goes again and like i said i've, I've gone up to about 17 mortal wounds on that um <laughs> from one cast which was which was insane 
just melted the thing that was in front of it. Um, Greasy Deluge is minus one to hit. When that really comes into play against certain other armies, like if I'm running up against another Ogre player, they hate Greasy Deluge. If I'm running against Gargants, Gargants really hate a minus one to hit. Um, yeah. And then, even um even like I've, I've had a couple of my heroes being brought at and not being able to use all that attack for example and yeah. um and often especially especially like if i use finest hour and i go right hero phase i'm gonna do finest hour i'm gonna go into combat i get roared at you know it's almost like i'm not fulfilling my full potential because i want to get that plus one to hit so if you're able to roar and then apply a minus one to hit it's just like a double negative buff so yeah um, yeah it can hurt. It can hurt a lot of units out there and keep you on the board for a little bit longer. So it's I was like just, re- I was just, I was just rereading Flesh Crave Curse, and I'm like, wait a second. Oh do you, yeah. Do, do, do you give me an extra attack? Like, yeah. if I read it correctly, you do mortal so, wounds to me, but so I get extra attacks. On version 1.0 of this list, I actually had um, the uh, Flesh Crave Curse in there on the Slaughter Master because I wanted to give him an option to do some mortal wounds as well in casting. Um, but I, the problem I ran into was more often than not, whatever was in front of him that I was going to do that to was going to hit him back so hard <laughs> that it just was not worth it. You know, you're running into some, uh, some art boys or some, you know, some brutes and you're like, oh yeah, let me just do D6 mortal wounds. Maybe I'll kill one of you guys and then give you plus one attacks. <laughs> Imagine that you then lose the priority, uh, and the person yeah. your opponent gets a double, and then they've just got this thing running yeah. around with extra attacks uh, until the, your next hero phase. Yeah, so I ended up ditching that. <laughs> it's kind of it is kind of one of those like oh hail mary here. Um, but yeah, the last spell on the butcher levitate because who doesn't love a flying stone horn? You know you've got so. Basically, with those buffs there, um, oh yeah, and the slaughter master has his ability where he can reach into the pot and you know basically play a little game of, uh, you know, what, what what are we gonna get on a three or four? It's plus one to hit. That's what I'm always fishing for. Um, sometimes you get it. Other times you roll a one and he chokes on a bone and takes d three mortal wounds and follows that up with a miscast. But uh, <laughs> so you get a plus one to hit. You you basically are playing wind up toys. You 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 can take a stonehorn beast rider or a frostler on stonehorn. You give them plus one to hit potentially. You're going with uh, plus three to move. You're throwing molten entrails on there. You're throwing levitate. You're probably throwing a mystic shield on there. And then you're just sending them down the field. And say go kill either kill something or at least hold it up for a while. Um, and then yeah, that's pretty much the basis of the list. I mean, Mornfang pack, a little bit more of a screen, more more than anything, it's just a cheaper battle line. Noblars are my main screen, and then the Stonehorn Beast Riders, they're very swingy on their damage output when they're actually in combat. Um, it kind of sucks when you send them out there unsupported without a hero on them because they're not an elite unit, they can't self-buff. Um, but they have blood vultures for, for plinking units at range and they still get impact hits. And then there's times when they can do a lot of damage, um, especially if properly buffed before they go off to what they, whatever they do. Um, what about things like arcane tome with flaming weapon? Is, I, I know I've seen some other lists like, you know, frost heart phoenixes and certain other monster monster mounts kind of using like flaming beaks and things. Is there a place with that in your type of list or are you giving away too much by taking a different artifact? 
Yeah, I just I think that the artifacts that we have, I mean, I I hate giving up splatter cleaver. That was the hardest thing about when I was switching over to building boulder headless is I just hate dropping the splatter cleaver because it's just so good. Um, you know, the, you 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 got Brandon the Spark there, and then you've got to you've got to give something up. I mean, yeah. I, it's very hard to do that. And then when you're putting that on another hero that's not one of your wizards and they're going to be off in the field and there's no plus to cast so it's just very swingy as to whether or not you're even going to get it off um so i, I tend to stay away let my wizards Question. do the wizarding yeah i think the challenge as well is that uh there's a lot of unreliability with magic there's just a lot of dominant magic in the meta right now mm -hmm. and you don't have a lot of natural casting benefits it's not like you're running around with plus one plus two plus three so uh, and you don't really want to be hugging arcane terrain and hoping for arcane terrain. So I think not having, having it's obviously really helpful, but don't yeah. over invest. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, well, the nice thing is because of the big bases on the butcher and the slaughter master, you can um, actually position them. So you drop your mop pot. If you get the side with arcane, right? Drop your mop pot, keep it three inches away from the arcane terrain. And you can have your slaughter master and your butcher both potentially at plus two to cast. Um, because they'll be getting plus one from Arcane and plus one from the Maw Pot. So it makes it a little bit more reliable if you get lucky on the draw. Um, but other than that, yeah, plus one. Most of our spells are going off on a seven, so not super reliable, but you'll sneak a couple through. Yeah, you will. You, you, the fact that you got a double caster as well makes it helpful. If it was a single cast, different story, but the fact you've gone double casters, um, yeah. hopefully you get oh. at least 50, 50, 50. My favorite thing. My favorite thing about Gur. So metamorphosis in ogres is freaking money. Like I love it. Uh, so all of a sudden you're casting this metamorphosis on a five and your slaughter master or your butcher or your tyrant or whatever it is, is a monster that now counts for 10 on the objective and yes. they get impact hits on a four up. So it's, it's pretty amazing because the keywords just line up perfectly. And, and, you got the command ability allows you to fight at the top of the bracket. So if yes. you do happen to have a, a, a half wounded frost lord on Stonehorn or something, mm. you're able to pop that CP and then fight at the top bracket. So that's another great thing that, um, it, you, again, is another advantage why the Beast Claw Raider side is just so much superior right now. And I'm having this issue with Daughters of Cain right now. I'm playing Witch Elf Daughters of Cain. It's just snakes are just so much better for so many reasons. And you know, do, do I stick true to my dad bod ogres or my uh, witch elves, or do I just lean into what's strong right now? And it's just right now, the man is leaning a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hate to see what, what happens after Gur. It's going to take away some of our fun toys, but uh, also excited. So <laughs> yeah, enjoy it while you, while it lasts. But yeah. Matt Matt's made an interesting comment, and I, and I do want to ask about Noblars because a lot I have not seen a Noblar list for a long time. Um, at least on the table. I think people talk about it and joke about Noblars, um, unless Gapask. But how are you deploying? How does this list play? Because the game that I had last night, I am used to Ogres being deployed at the, the deployment line. And usually, or at least in second edition, they would run up you. They would just charge early. They would hit you quick um, and then grind you down and pin you in your objectives, in your, in your deployment zone. Yeah. How are you deployed? I can't say that I have a set deployment. 
because obviously it's very dependent upon what you're playing, right? So, I mean, if you're playing against a KO player, I mean, you don't really have much choice. You just got to put everything on the line and hope you can get to whatever boat or, you know, objective that you want to get to. Um, other armies, you know, I'm, I'm putting the Noblars on the line. And, the, and 20 Noblars still, even with coherency rules, can take up about 30 inches of real estate. Just strung out. You keep your little bubbles on the end so that they, you know, they don't break coherency rules. Maybe put a couple, uh, a couple coherency checks in the in the center, just in case you know somebody does a, a mortal wound or two and starts dropping some off. But uh, yeah, I, I noblars are a really great and cheap screen. And then if you don't need the screen, then they're great to hang out in the backfield and prevent deep striking and just hold an objective. Um, also, I use them for you know for Gotrek and. They can also eat a uh, an unleash hell pretty well. Um, so typically, yeah, typically Noblars are just either either a screening on the front line. I'm giving away the top of the turn, saying, "Okay, go ahead and come at me and kill some Noblars," or they're going to hang out in the back and 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 everybody else is on the line. Good for uh, especially like you know I've been reading the new Stormcast book, and as you can imagine, Stormcast like to come in from reserve and. You can only imagine having just a nice screen to be able to block off reserve deployment. Um, That's 100% why they ended up making in the list. Yeah, I mean, well, I got, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I got scared by the new uh, Strike Down Mortal Wound Stormcast. Uh, I'm like, oh, wait, so they, they just come down? Okay, one can come in seven inches. Oh, and then, and then the rest of them within nine and just doing Mortal Wounds? That's that's scary. Oh, and then they also do Mortal Wounds on the charge? Oh, and they do Mortal Wounds then they die? Okay, well, here we go, Noblars. Have fun with yeah. that. Yeah, it was actually my game three at uh, at the Old Town Throwdown too. Um, great guy. We played a really tight game, and um, between the Noblars, the Mornfang, and then the rest of my units, we played on the Vice. I managed to just screen out my half of the board from from any deep striking until turn three, um, and so he you know he didn't even bring them down until until turn three, and. Of course, at that point, you know, the Noblars are pretty much chipped away, but I got to chip away at a few of his key pieces too. Um, so, yeah, super helpful. Super helpful having these screens. Does this list change much if you were to swap it out to, you know, a different type of sub-allegiance? So you move away from Blood Gullet and you go into Boulderhead, for example? Yeah, I don't know if you did. You get the other one I sent you for Boulderhead? No, 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 no I do. I'm just asking. Yeah. I'm just asking because oh, yeah. some yeah, people, yeah. some people might have a preference to go another way. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. Go, we'll go, we'll go to the list in a sec. Yeah, so it it changes a little bit, and because because you want to take advantage of the sub allegiance for Boulderhead giving you mount traits, you want to have more mounted heroes. Now, a lot of times people will lean into the Frost Lords, um, but. Uh, you're eating up some points there. I've I've kind of been told this is yeah this is the list that I've kind of been toying around with a little bit and I've put it through some more trials to see where I end up on it. Um, it's got Huskers on Stonehorn, which kind of like fell out of popularity when they were no longer a a Euro bad tax. <laughs> so, um, but the I look at it this way: they're 20 points more expensive than a standard Stonehorn Beast Rider, and then they're a hero, so they get. You know, if they get to stand alone, they can go off on their own and and, and support themselves with uh, with command abilities. And then, of course, you get heroic recovery, finest hour. You know, um, which is also great. So yeah, here you've got a list that's got a very strong alpha strike. Um, you've got an ice brow hunter, frost sabers as battle line. 
because he's the general. So Ice Brow Hunter can either deep strike with a unit of frost sabers and score you the alpha the uh, the savage spearhead, or you can keep him on the table. And if he's on the table, um, friendly ogre monsters wholly within twelve inches of him get to add plus one to their movement characteristics for the uh, the command trait from from Boulderhead. So now you've got stone horns that are moving fifteen inches instead of fourteen. Um, so they're going to be roughly within seven inches at, at a twenty-two inch board. Then you've got plus one to charge from one of the huskers with an old old granite tooth, which is the plus one to charge. Um, I took rune tokens in the list because you know re-rolling you get re-roll charges or sorry not re-roll uh, re-roll uh, hits, re-roll wounds, re-roll saves uh, once. Once per battle, you have to declare it at the start of the hero phase, but then it just becomes like an unkillable frost lord. So yeah, had that last night. Yeah, yeah. I'm still kind of debating on that one too, whether or not I want to keep it in the list or go for something else. Um, but it's super strong. Metal Cruncher because Metal Cruncher is always great. Black Clatterhorn uh, for the plus one um, to hit on the on the horns, and then. To kind of just keep the plus ones going, so that I, so I can use less CP. Um, I, I kind of spread out the brand of the Sfard on the other Huskard. Um, still three blood vultures in the list. Also another reason to take the Huskards um, instead of a Frost Lord, because you still want to be able to plink three wounds off Marathi <laughs> and uh, and keep her at range. Um, or other little pesky heroes, and then the Husker on Thunder Test, which is like you know, just just my he's like my list balancer, you know, just being able to have some kind of shooting that I don't have to to you know worry about to hit values. I was just thinking the Beast Riders can't be put into Alpha Beast Pack, can it? Because it because it's Behemoth, but then in Ogre More Tribes it becomes a a battle line. So yeah, so the only way you could do it is if you had a Tyrant or you know a non Beast Claw Raider General. Um, uh, and then you could put them in Alpha Beast Pack, but you're, yeah, you're you're not really. I guess I mean D six D six move off of those guys. There could be some play in that. Maybe we could, let's let's, let's play around with some lists. Let's do that. <laughs> I think I think the, I think the challenge though with with the, some of the battle tactics is it's too easy to get a few of those early battle tactics by doing the th the three runs to to be going for you know the early claiming of the objectives. And do you need the the free run? Maybe if you're going an alpha strike and then claim those stuff later in the game. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, you don't want to expose yourself too much off the bat because you let your toys taken off early. Um, yeah. Frost, frost Sabers, though, because like, you didn't have Frost Sabers in the first list. Why Why would you go Frost Sabers? Is that like a screen as well? Because you've got the Noblars too, so... It's a points thing. I mean, just to be able to maximize the, what you're getting from your sub-allegiance boulder head, you know, having the mounted heroes costs a lot of points. So the, the cheapest battle line that you can get are the Frost Sabers, but you have to have the Ice Brow Hunter as your general. So, I mean, you're, you're spending, what is it, 55 times 3, so 165 points for, your, for all your battle line. Yeah. Um, leaves you with a lot of other points to play with. So, yeah, it's... It's nice. They they still do take up a decent screen. They're small cavalry bases, so you know you can you can set them out there as screens. Um, like I said, you can deep strike with the ice brow with one of them. Um, yeah, and it works it works well with the Noblars. Like I said, I've only, I've only had a couple games practiced it so far, so I don't really know if this is like a final iteration. How I feel about the Huskers on 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 Stonehorns. Uh, I like the idea of a, of a self supporting Stonehorn for uh, for twenty more points than the Stonehorn Beast Rider. Uh, it might still be better to, to drop 
one of those guys and and drop the or drop the thunder tusk and put a, a frost another frost sword in there um, because they do punch or you know there's still the builds out there where you can run it with the uh, the frost sword on thunder tusk which is which is still awesome i need some yetis send me your 3d sculpts <laughs> Oh, well, can we go on? If you, if, yeah, I, I've seen some interesting. I don't know where they were, so I can't tell you where. Um, but I think that's been one of the, the Yetis. I've always looked a bit goofy. Even Frost Sabers, like I've, I love the Underworld's Warband because that Frost Saber is so much better than that one. weird box kind of Frost Saber. But you, you're not going to buy a hundred of those war, uh, those those boxes just to get a couple of Frost Sabers. But I think the interesting part as well, like you mentioned, your your list isn't confirmed yet because you're kind of still testing it, but. We've got Stormcast coming. We've got the Auric War Clans book, and um, I can't remember what's been what's been shared and what hasn't been shared. But you know that you can imagine there's going to be some monster hunting. There's some kill modes, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing it safe because I can't remember what's been shared and what hasn't <laughs> been shared. But you know, some of those yeah. disincentives, yeah. especially if they become really popular popular in lists. Yeah. Might actually convince you to go a few more of the um, oh, what are they called? The uh, um, what's the other troop that you guys Mournfang? You might, you know, might be more yeah. of an incentive to go Mournfang as opposed to your um, your, your big Stonehorn Thunder Tusks. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly uh, what the output is of the Cruel Boys yet. Um, you know, we've kind of seen a little bit of a preview from Stormcast. I don't know how uh, how much it's going to change, but yeah, these things are all uh, all liquid. We shift with the meta, right? Yeah, so. yeah. It's it's something to consider, but you know, like you know, could you ally? You know, no, you can't. You can't ally those oh. in because your your allies are only the Aeolgas of Garkin, which maybe a Mirebrood. Mirebrood is a Trogoth. I can probably ally a Mirebrood in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you could actually, because unlike Gloomspite Git, who ally with specifically Bone Splitters, you ally with Trogoths. Yes. So, ooh, yeah, ooh, <laughs> wow, that's a... yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, I'll have to wait and uh, and check out these books. You know, get some uh, get some ideas for it tomorrow, because uh, you know, unlike unlike you guys, we haven't seen the previews yet. Yeah, um, th actually, that's a good shout. That's a really good shout. Obviously, we're recording uh, on the eve of it being uh, up for pre-order. So, you know, if you watch this in a week's time or longer, you will have more intel than us. But having, you know, yes, you could do your dank hold and your fell water troggles or your, you know, your troll hag from Forge World. But anything that has the 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 troggoth, assuming Char that they share the same keyword, it's it's, it's yeah, it's it does exactly have a, it keyword. does have a troggoth keyword. I know that much. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't know what else in the book might have it, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't, I don't think many, but, um, yeah. you know, and after this show, I'm gonna actually going to have a look, which is unhelpful <laughs> to everyone who's watching this live. But, um, and Cast and Play, there's a couple of, you know, cool, interesting 3D sculpts out there. So if you, don't, if you like me, who doesn't like the boxes, um, might be some options. But, like, I look at your list and I, and I like it. I think um, it definitely plays to the strengths of Gurr. Now, you know, as you mentioned, when we move out of Gur, when we start playing in Shimon or somewhere else, mm -hmm. um, um, and, like, when we start playing in different things and maybe monsters aren't so important, obviously this will evolve and things will change. But you're definitely playing to the strengths of third edition in the battle packs right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
yeah, we'll see how it changes. Hey, you know, I, I was doing okay with them in the uh, in, in second edition. Hopefully, they continue to stay strong and low-key <laughs> continuing forward. Um, and, and by the way, Colin, yes, you're 100% correct. The troll hag is now like 405. Like, oh, that seriously? Was spite- yeah, that was spiteful, and they're like 405, <laughs> so like they're outside of Ally. Uh, so that's not even yeah good shout there and hopefully the um hopefully it's not a 405 for the cruel boy one as well yeah yeah. that would be spiteful is there is there anything that kind of like sorry go on no you go ahead sorry i was just gonna say like is there any advice or anything you've kind of picked up from the battle plactics or um any things that you've kind of learnt now that um, would be helpful for a new player or maybe someone who's not getting in the reps just yet as an ogre player to, to, to know for 3e? I think that there is a strong urge when you have big toys to just push forward and and just expect to crush whatever's in front of you. Um, but maybe maybe you know try to try to play it a little bit slower, play to the objectives and get your charges off when they make sense. Um, that's probably the best I, advice I could give, um, for playing them and yeah, just have fun, man. But either way, build what you like. If you like the, the dad bods and, and, uh, you know, some lead belchers or even some scrap launchers, go for it. You know, there's no reason that you have to build into the competitive side of the, of the list. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of games that I like to play, but not everybody does. I mean. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the key to this show, folks. It's not about saying that Chris's list is the only list to run. It's just he's an example of how Chris is thinking about it. If you don't own any stone horns but you own thunder tusks, cool. What can you do? And what are some of the lessons that we've picked up here? You could apply into your thunder tusk build. Equally, you know, if you really love your yetis, what could you do and take into your into you know a yeti build? I guess is is the key to this. But. Um, I was gonna. I was gonna say something. I can't remember. Um, I've lost it. Oh, 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 all right. No, no, no. <laughs> G'day. All right. Last thing, and uh, we'll, we'll bring it home. And that is, ogres are rumored to be one of the next battle tomes. It'll be one of the next four. Is oh, the rumor? Okay. Is the rumor? I would love to see that. I would love to. See. I, I don't know if it's deserved. There's so many other books that still need some updating. Uh, but yeah, so I was going to ask you. I was going to ask. I was going to ask you. What would you like out of the out of the next battle tome, if and when you get updated? If okay, so on my wish list, let's see. Dear yeah, because you mentioned a wish list before. I want. I want to open it up. I would like iron blasters and lead belters to be good. To actually have some options for some kind of. Yeah, even even marginal shooting, it doesn't have to be great, um, but just something that you you know would be worthwhile including. Um, new sculpts would be amazing, but I don't think that's coming in a tome. <laughs> Let's update some of the uh, some of the fine cast stuff, like we were talking about the Yetis and the and the and the Frost Sabers. Um, I've heard that maybe there's going to be a new butcher coming at some point in time, which would be amazing to see. Um, I'd like to see. We kind of got a little, little. I mean, you can't really call it a nerf, but I mean, it kind of was like a, a nerf when the uh, the new counts for models on on objectives was changed. So now, where we used to have an advantage with uh, with our Mornfang and and some other units, we were counting as two. Now we still everybody else counts as two 
for that uh, that wound count as well. So maybe just giving us a little bump on on the uh, on the objective holding, you know, maybe bumping us up to three. Uh, that would that would feel a little bit more appropriate with the way they were leaning things in the past. Um, yeah, definitely don't mess with the stone horns. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the deacon thing, like like leave, yeah. leave my good stuff alone. Don't yeah. don't slanish my stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, m- maybe having um, you know, I've seen other people talk about about, about the thunder tusks. Maybe having uh, some more usability. Having huskards, just just huskards, whether it be on a thunder tusk or on a stone horn, be a priest. Because for some reason, when they're riding a different mount, they they're not a priest. It's just weird. Um, <laughs> Or having more priests in general, like giving us a generic priest, would be would be great. Um, because three hundred thirty-five points is a pretty expensive priest. Would you want endless spells or prayers like um, daughters got? Yeah, let's give us a giant voracious maw that we just summon on the table. I think we've already got that Ravenix gnashing jaws, but uh, uh, I don't think that 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 it really are the the ogre lore really leans into that that much. You know, they're gastromancers; they're not. Uh, they're not wizards in the in the typical sense, so yeah, it's it's all about food. So maybe maybe they their endless spell is a buffet. They just uh, they summon a buffet onto the table. <laughs> I, w- I was thinking more like a reverse palisades, where instead of it being a wall going up, maybe like a crevice that goes down and kind of like you know the the, the ever winter kind of collapses the the um, the ground. But oh yeah, seeing some changes in ever winter would be kind of cool too. Yeah, like the old school Everwinter. So I remember old school Everwinter where it was like the Nurgle clock, where you know you'd roll a dice and there was stuff this happened, and then the kind of like the environment changed. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah, that would be cool. There's old old school. I'll put my one hot take, and that is bring back greasiest gold tooth. Give me a oh, big fat. Man. Give me a big fat ogre dude. Give me I'm for the dad bods. Big fat dad bod who's just being carried by noblars. We don't have any name character. Give us a Greasus. I'm down. Yeah, I'm always surprised that you guys didn't get a, a Prince Vordry for um for the for the the Stonehorns or Thunder Tusks because yeah. that's just that's just a Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon with one of the different heads. I'm yeah. always surprised that there was never a named unique character for for the Beast Claw Raiders. Yeah, they they must not have wanted to sculpt a larger belly on this on just like one torso that's slightly bigger than the rest. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's bizarre. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think we've got a wish list. I know it's getting late for you, and yeah, um, yeah. Th- th- this was really cool. I-, I-, I learned a whole bunch. It was great to see how you're thinking about ogres right now, and as the meta evolves, as the battle plans kind of um, settle, as new armies like Stormcast, Oryx, and who knows what comes next um, comes down. Obviously, this is going to change and evolve. But this is a very strong army. Certainly, you went five and zero. Oh, definitely four and one style. Um, you can pick and choose and, and, and modify, but I think, you know, Beast Claw Raiders, definitely stronger side than Dad Bods, but Dad Bods still have a place. Oh, it's yeah. just tough right now. It's just tough. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> Noblar stonks to the moon, 100%. <laughs> 200, 240 Noblars and a Husker on Thunder Tusk. That's our next build. No. If people wanted to talk to you, Chris, and find out more or chat to you about yeah. ideas, where, where are the best places to go? Um, I'm on the, the discords. You'll find me on the AOS course discord. I'm, you know, popping in on the Ogre Maw Tribes uh, channel, you know, fairly frequently and, uh, you know, answering questions when I can. 
Um, I also spend a lot of time on Butcher's, uh, you know, on past channel. So that's where we're doing another tournament right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying out this, this list in the international table. So, um, you can pop in there and, and watch some games. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. You know, and if you're, if you're come. local to, uh, to the U S or, you know, want to make a trip out to SoCal, come join us at the tournament and have a, have a great time. Um, definitely check it out and shout out to everyone who's watched this show especially for americans like warsaw and who uh, i don't know he's not the only one it's getting late in america it's but uh, i appreciate you all joining and uh and chatting ogres but like every good youtuber out there i legitimately want to know how does your list compare to this list is there things that you are testing that maybe Chris might get some ideas from? Are there things that you agree with or maybe some ideas? Maybe you found the, un the way to unlock curse. If you've unlocked curse and you know how to get value out of curse in your Ogre Moor tribes, let me know because no one I know yet is like an advocate for curse. It's all theory hammer. They're like, yeah, yeah, it sounds great. But no one actually is doing it on the table. So I want to crack this code. Definitely. I don't know how to let do us, it. Let us, let us know. Let us know. Let, I, want, I, want, I, want, I want old I want old Eurobad back. Give me sixes to hit our mortal wounds again. <laughs> well, I think you got enough mortal wounds. My my armies need mortal wounds. But Chris, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Appreciate it. You all know the deal. Like, subscribe, hashtag, comments, stuff. And um, thanks for not being mean to me with my new haircut when I went Britney because I'm in lockdown and I got sick of my hair. So I'm off. Have a good night. Thanks again, Chris. Thank you. See you guys. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigma conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more sixes.